The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. Hi, this is Melvin. I'm a wizard. And I cast spells. Colvic Darkseed. I am a half-orc cleric, and I have devoted my life to the goddess Hyaea. I'm Roscoe Toscobble. I'm a rogue. And pretty cool guy. on the very good adventuring team Danica looks over at you and uh, tries to charm you Ooh. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw how you doing girl uh, so that is 71 damage uh, on your turn sweet mother of all that's a new record unholy that's that yeah that's a VGAT record for sure um, I'm going to go ahead and take some liberties with the lore here and just say that if you cast a 46 damage fireball at a big cloud of mist, uh, you evaporate it. <laughs> there are people hurt on the field and I have no clue what is going on, so I'm going to do a mass cure wounds towards Roscoe and Danica because both of them are hurt and I need to do my job and help my friends. She's going to choose? She's going to choose to do that. Well, I choose that she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, you tell a wood joke or something. I don't know. (laughs) I have no wood jokes on the top of my head. It was hilarious. Termites, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) You got to get up to... I did worse. (laughs) So you're at 36. So, Roscoe, you need to roll a 6 or higher. Yeah, he did. (laughs) We sure murdered those vampires (laughs) for no reason. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why did we do that again? Imagine like opening the knife drawer and like all the knives are. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to ask yourself every time, was that the squeak of the drawer or was that? I'm sharp. <laughs> Wield me. Yeah, for all we know, all of our weapons are <laughs> alive. Yeah, that's a very crazy concept that now entered the world. Neat. Mm-hmm. All right. I think uh, that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Have a great day. As you slowly back away. Hopefully Henry the Stick remembers us and knows what we've done for him. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, I mean, you guys didn't actually try and barge or sneak into Perryland. Like, mm-hmm. you guys are leaving heroes and friends. Mm-hmm. We're just we're just making so many friends, guys. You, you've helped, like, the Underground Railroad of uh, awakened creatures uh, or awakened inanimate objects. <sighs> like, you know, and you get the impression that you're now, you, you've, uh, Peeked behind the veil of a much larger world. It's a weird, weird world out there, guys. Uh-huh. The weirdest. At least uh, these sneaky fucks are on our side now. And the word shall spread of that friendship. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's like identifying tools to see if there's any humans or any other um, sentient beings pretty much around. Would those work on inanimate objects like these? Like if there was a stove in the corner, it's like, oh yeah, so there's nothing around here except for that stove. He's alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it would depend on the effect you're talking about. I don't know all of them off the top of my head. Right. I'm sure there's ways of identifying if shit's sentient or not. I just don't know what it would be right now. (laughs) The room's quiet except for the broom in the corner. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the, you can talk about nice nerdy D&D jokes. It's like, 
We went to the bar. We told the bartender a joke. You know, we laughed. The bartender laughed. The table laughed. (laughs) (laughs) I shot the table. Yeah. I can't remember what it is, but there's a joke about that. Well, uh, I guess we're not getting any um, rewards or anything like that. Well, you're not getting, like, tangible cash right now, but you made powerful allies. (laughs) I don't know why I'm trying to sell you on this. Sometimes you guys aren't going to get fucking paid, man. Mm -hmm. Sucks. I don't know. I mean, that'd be cool, but in the end, <laughs> what's Henry going to do? I'm going to come and fight you. It's going to break. I mean, there's still just tables and sticks. Yeah, but... As far as we know. Imagine a fl- talking flashlight on your side. <laughs> a talking flashlight? You leave it in somebody's drawer instead of their regular flashlight, and maybe it bites. Oh my god. With what? No. That's flash- flashlight teeth. <laughs> I mean, you have to put a little teeth inside of it. Other than that, it's just going to be like, oh, that's a... Just give it some dentures. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Or just like, (laughs) all right, when he slips you on, just don't let go. (laughs) (laughs) Squeeze. (laughs) What's going on around here? (laughs) I, I love all the weird things that exist in this world, too. Like, we've established that, like, it's medieval technology, except for sunglasses, sunglasses, <laughs> googly eyes, uh, flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you could make a flashlight-like thing out of just about anything, but I love that it—it it was required. It was needed. There was a uh, need for it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, an absolute need. Uh-huh. This is one of the. <laughs> Founding pillars of civilization yeah. is a way to get your rocks off. We need architect, uh, architecture. <laughs> we need the pyramids and flashlights. Stat. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, that that that's a tech tree I'd follow. <laughs> if that was in the next Civ game, <laughs> I'll have to go to build the flashlight. <laughs> Population control goes up and, uh, you know, you don't have any more riots. Happiness goes up, riots go down. Yeah. Your civilization won't expand Mm. as quick as it would otherwise. Your population doesn't ramp up quite as good. Yep. Social social events go down. Uh, Yeah. So, um, so there you guys are and you, uh, you slowly wander your way back out of the woods and, and continue on in your quest for great and grand adventures and... All the rest of those fun things. Three figures present themselves as silhouettes encircled by the mouth of a cave in a mountainside. From a distance away we see them. They are nearly broken. There is so little left to give. But what is left must be taken. At midnight of the third day, the demon appears, and it takes them in. There is no need for words. He was watching them when they stood in silence. He was watching as they climbed in silence. He was watching as they shivered in silence. He knows who they are. He knows their story. He knows why they came. They have earned their chance at this bargain, and he accepts it. The demon produces a small pouch. He unties the drawstring and holds it open in front of them. The first one draws from it a stone with an axe carved into it. The second one draws a stone with a shield carved into it. The third one draws a stone, and it is blank. The demon beckons the one who drew the axe stone forward. In the dark cave's firelight, we can see how small and fragile she looks. The demon reaches out and touches the center of her chest. Her eyes flutter closed and she drops to the ground. The demon draws a large carving knife. The other two watch as all of the tissue is stripped from her bones and thrown into the fire. The demon lays the long bones and the spine out on the ground. The pelvis and scapulae are laid across these and the skull placed at the top. A dark fire trickles out from the pit and across the sand and grit of the floor of the cave towards the grisly pile. Infernal magic and fire fuse the horrible shape into a massive battle axe. Satisfied by his work, the demon waves the other two away towards the entrance of the cave journey here has been so long. It has cost so much. It is time to rest for a while, to have a breath of fresh air in the moonlight. From a distance away we see them. Two figures present themselves as silhouettes encircled by the mouth of a cave in a mountainside. You fellows are 
out on a country road, camping it out out in the wilderness. It's uh, it's been a handful of months gone by, and you know, well, obviously you guys aren't really like dipping into savings or anything at this point. You haven't really heard of or found any good adventures in uh, in the last couple of weeks and months. In fact, like you've even almost been debating about going home or going much further north or south, maybe even venturing across the ocean to the continent of Errol. You're just kind of getting bored. And then one morning, conveniently for both the story and our listeners and whatnot, as you are settling into breakfast, Exude pops into existence with a snap. She's like... I thought you were going to say with a snack. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Exude. Just like some ham rolled around pickles. Here you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. With uh, cream cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not too shabby. I don't, what do you call those things again? They got a name. I can't remember. I almost have pigs in a blanket, but that's not right. Yeah. Anyway, Dungeons, Dragons, not snacks. Exude pops, uh, pops into existence with a snap by your campfire. And she looks like frantic. Like you guys have never seen her not 100% calm and collected, basically, uh, up to this point. Maybe 99%, but like. Um, she's a little frantic, and she says, I need all of you to come with me right now. And without asking, she snaps her fingers, and you find yourselves transported into a very large, open-ish room. Uh, it's a room that I'd say Melvin may remember from his past, in uh, his time in the Kingdom of Coal, and specifically in the capital city of Kingsbury. Uh, this is a a bank. It is the, in fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say that you do remember being in this place. It's the Kakapunchi Tower. And you're in the lobby. I and know where this is going, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, well, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be as good as you think, but we'll see. It's very strange because you are the only people in this room. There should be a flurry of activity. Um, for those of you out there who are Harry Potter fans and saw the movies, you might think of the Gringotts Bank. I mean, it's the two big rows of bank tellers on either sides, big long carpet down the middle. It's more of a squarish room than what it was in that scene. But this room should be a flurry of activity, and it's empty. Exut goes on to explain that enough time has now passed, and the temple underneath the city of Andon has opened up. The chalice was there. She had another group of adventurers, similar to what you guys are, going there to fetch this. They were attacked by an unknown assailant, and the chalice itself was taken, or rather, half of it was taken. She has the other half, that's secured and in a good place for, uh, you know, ready for the events to come down the road. But through some investigation and whatnot, she discovered that the other half of the chalice was taken here, by what she believes to be a lich. And she is not able herself to go to the upper floors of this bank, this tower, because she is prevented in some way, some magic she doesn't understand. And uh, she needs you guys to go up there and get this thing back. This is some real fate of the world shit. We're on it. That's all you had to say. <laughs> you guys are the wolf. That's right. All right. So we're, we're pointing. We'll shoot. Sweet. So she kind of like looks around. She's like, you guys have got this. You guys have got this. I got to go help some other people. And she pops back out and leaves you in this lobby. Can't, well, if we were, I mean, we were in Andon. So where were we going? Like she was pointing us south away yeah, you, from Andon. She had another group coming into Andon. Like what, what the hell were we going to do then? Were we to question the motives of a God? Me, I, I'll question them all day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys were kind of like, I don't know, almost on standby, like waiting for the next things to happen. Well, we're the fucking B team. Ooh. Well. Maybe just, you are. Just the other, <laughs> <laughs> the other task team. I don't know. <laughs> the very good other task team. <laughs> the Maybe very she... good task force, eh? Ooh. So, but she's popped out, right? You guys are sitting there and... Looking around, you notice, Melvin, you would have been probably familiar with this, as I said earlier, that there is, at the north end of this building, uh, there would have been like a a stairway going up to the upper floors. 
So you look in that direction because, well, that's the way up. And you notice that there is a wall of flames covering the doorway, like spanning across the foot of the stairway going upstairs. What would you guys like to do? This sounds like our a job for our... I can't remember what it's called now. The tube of endless squirting or whatever we decided to call it. <laughs> I got a tube of endless squirting for you. Oh! Yeah, the fire hydrant bottle. Yeah. Yeah, if anything, that can be useful here. But before Decanter we go... Decanter of endless water, I believe, is the actual name of it. Hmm? That. Yeah, yeah, that. Or the tube of endless squirting. <laughs> <laughs> we can call things anything we want. That's, That's true. Yeah. It makes me think of like a toothpaste tube, though. And like you just take the... <laughs> like you're always about to lose the cap. <laughs> but that would be my first instinct if we were going to go charging ahead. But I would think of that, tell the group and say, all right, what is our plan here? Are we going up full force? Are we? What are we doing? I look at you guys and say, well, I've been, have I been in this building before or in a a bank like this building? I would say that you have been in this building on this floor. You don't really know anything that's above it. Um, That's something that they would probably only have like employees and certain specific people allowed to go up. But you, you would have been in this lobby before it, which is effectively what this first floor is. Gotcha. So this is, is this the first floor? Like we're on the ground level? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So... North of you would be the stairway going up with the curtain of flames going across. South of you would be the street going out, like looking, or the, sorry. South of you would be the doors going out to the street. Okay, so I'm looking north. I see the, what would normally be a stairwell covered in flames. So I'm going to look south, like the exit, essentially. What do I see there? Uh, it's like a big set of double glass doors. And as you walk up a little bit closer to take a look, uh, you see like, there's a shitload of people out there kind of looking in and looking up and looking around. Um, like, this building's kind of been evacuated. Can you plube yourself up to the top? I, I don't know, side. but can I, op- can I open one of the doors? Yeah. I'm just going to open one of the doors and ask, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Um, like some dude comes running over and, 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 uh, it's like, you know, it's kind of, kind of a fancier get up on and he's like, excuse me, what are you doing inside? I'm the manager of this bank and we thought we cleared everybody out. Are you okay? Yeah, we're fine. We're going to fix your problem. Uh, speaking of the problem, what the problem? Well, there were, there were suddenly just monsters in the upper floors and, and they, they pushed everybody out and pushed everybody down through the floors and, and just basically told us to get out of the building, so we did. The monsters told you? Yes. What sort of monsters? Of uh, Ghosts, maybe? Terrible-looking ghosts? No one, no one was harmed, but they... Well, it was pretty clear we would be if we stayed in there. Okay. Well, we're gonna uh, go have a look-see. And uh, if we're not back, avenge our deaths. So... <laughs> it just kind of says... Uh, oh, okay. That's a contract. So, now you have to avenge us. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look around the, the bottom floor here. Is there any sort of map of the building or emergency exits for the higher floor that we can see any sort of a floor plan? Mm, I imagine that the fire department of the of uh, Kingsbury isn't quite as organized as we would be in modern times, so probably not a fire escape plan. Okay. Any other, sort fire, of- other fire escapes on the outside <laughs> of the building? No. Okay. No, and in fact, uh, let's say thinking back, um, what you know of this building is there's like, um, there's like the floor that you're on, and there are some windows on the outside, although you know very tightly barred, etc. And the rest of the building is just a solid edifice going up. How how uh, many floors? Like how tall is this building? Uh, you know this building to be nine stories tall. Can we see any support pillars in the lobby? Yeah, there'd probably be some. Well, I was going to say, is there any way that Melvid could do his plubing action, go up to the top, and he can kind of just tie a rope up there? Climb ourselves up. What are the cons of us just taking out the whole building? Just destroying? <laughs> well, we'd have to find the other half of the grail in the, in the uh-huh. wreckage. Oh, okay. it's in the building. Yeah, they have, they the have it. This lich has it, is what we were saying. Oh. Okay. Or so we think. Okay, I'm going to ask this guy, uh, do you have any C4? C4? Uh, I don't think C4 would exist. I'll say you ask for explosives, and 
He's like, whatever, whatever for. <laughs> not to blow up your bank. <laughs> this is, no, they do not have any explosives at the bank. Why would the lich bring the thing here? We don't know. I'd say we go oh. put out this flame. Okay. Let's go squirt this flame. Let's go squirt it. With endless squirting. Let's all gather around and squirt this flame. Kolvik, you have the tube. I do have the tube of tubies. Is a designated tube holder. All right, so oh, yep. yeah, I'll Aim. go pull it on to full blast and point it at the directly the bottom of this uh, flame. All right, so you you crank that setting up to geyser and you spray the water all over, and the flames appear to be unaffected. What? Like, it just kind of fire kind of just goes through them. And the flames, I mean, the flames look like they are unaffected completely and totally. Well, the water just went through the fire. I'm sure we can, too. we made out of water. Yeah, totally. You should go first. <laughs> <laughs> How about we? See if there's a volunteer. Well, I'm also, uh, before we do that, going to try to cast Dispel Magic on this flame. Well, that's Ooh. a good idea. And that, Look at um, you using magic yeah, to magical, do stuff. Uh, choose any creature, object, or magical effect within range. Any spell of third level or lower on the target ends. For each spell of or higher of the target, make an ability check using your spell casting ability. DC equals 10 plus. Okay. You cast a spell magic and the flames poof out of existence. Cool. That's the end of that chapter. <laughs> I kind of look all Wrap it up. You guys get the chalice. Everything's good. Exactly. I kind of just look around and kind of just put my hands together all confidently like. Like it's the first smart thing I've done all day. It's well just deserved. Fucking dismissed it like it was nothing. All right. Well, so you are standing in this lobby. It's now a little damp from uh, the water that you sprayed all about. The carpet's a little soaked, but otherwise undamaged. I mean, it's very clean and pure water, right? Is there any way you can put the... Uh, Inside voices inside of our heads again. So we oh, you want that telepathic, telepathic bond link thing going I on? I think that's pretty useful in a place like this. Yeah, I can do that. I still have that spell. Right on. Make it so. I don't know how you. You want me to make a sound or something? But I'm sure, if you wanted to, I mostly meant mark off the spell slot. So you remember you spent it, but okay. A telepathic boond has been cast. Right on. I do love it. <laughs> 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 would be a great, like that's what you hear in your head as Melvin is penetrating your skull. <laughs> Reminds me of the cell like, with all the uh, the psychics. All right, we're gonna have to do a battle. Oh yeah, yeah. And all of them are just making those weird noises. That was a pretty amazing little clip of South Park. Yeah, I now have brain control. Is that the Zuckerberg one? No, that's the one oh. where he uh, becomes a psychic when he falls off the building and they have to find the serial killer. How about this guy over here? He looks pretty bad. And he has to like, yeah. The Zuckerberg one, he like speaks with a poorly dubbed. Like, you are no match for my skills. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. So there you guys are in the lobby. Carpet's a little wet. Fire is gone. And a open stairway, an open stairway rather, leads to the upper floor. The double doors behind you lead out to the street. The manager is kind of peering in, looking, you know, he's got the, he's got the two hands over around his eyes for the shadow. He's like looking to see what you guys are doing in his bank. I was actually going to say inside of a voice is, do you think there's money in these drawers? Maybe, but there's probably more elsewhere. Okay. I love the... Let's do the inside our voices, or inside our heads voices. We're still going to whisper. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Well, both times, I guess. We've only done that twice. Every time, though. All right, I'd like to sneak upstairs. You sneak up the stairs. The stairs themselves are uneventful. You come to the second floor landing. What you see is a long, narrow hallway. As you peer down this hallway... You see that there are four pairs of alcoves facing each other, going down the hall. The floor itself is like a black and white checkered pattern. The walls and the ceiling are a dark black stone. And 
At the far, far end of the hallway, you see another stairway. This one is not encumbered by illusory flames, though. It's just another stairway. And it's about 100 feet all the way down the stair, or all the way down that line. The hallway itself is about 10 feet wide. Damn it, this thing's full of traps. I think I might be able to look for traps. I've not ever used any such skills, but I think that they're available to me. It is typically the rogue's job. What are we doing? I'm looking through my abilities because to see if I can deal with traps because because just because they might be important in this scenario, huh? So as we are sitting at the the end of this hall, can we hear anything at all at this point? Is there any movement or nope? Your environment is uh is pretty nondescript right now, other than what's been described. It's a pretty normal temperature um it's very quiet i would say that it's kind of echoey in this hallway so you you think if there was some sound you'd probably hear it it's a lot of hard surfaces in a in a narrow hall uh, should we make roscoe invisible that'd be useful in this going forward you could i do have thieves tools i can look for uh traps like my uh... give me an idea of what you're gonna do to look for traps just a general sense well, i'm gonna use my thieves can and see if anything is can speak to me, like so to speak, you know what I mean? And uh, just uh, use my insight and perception. Alright. I'm going to have you make a perception roll. It's a bad one. <laughs> or uh, you can do, if your investigation is high, you could do that. Oh, yeah. Do investigation. So a 10 plus 7, 17. That is quite a good score. Uh, so you are starting to cautiously and perceptively walk your way down this hallway, and as you reach the first alcove, you notice that the tiles that are here are just kind of set like a little bit differently than the ones that are around it. Same material, but like they just look a little odd to you. Uh, and then you notice as you're sort of leaning over and looking at them, you get close to these the first set of these alcoves, and you see that. On the right and left of you, there is a... It's a basically like a dark red stone statue. It looks almost like a demon, and its mouth is open, and its hands are sort of projected a little forward. almost looks like it's screaming. Uh, the other thing that you notice as you're looking up at this, because of your delightfully high perception and investigation, is that there is what uh, almost looks like a, like a little button um, kind of on the inside of the alcove. It's just like a you can see it cut out in the stone that there's a place you can kind of press in. I would like to press the button. You press the button and you hear a satisfying clunk of something settling into place underneath you in the floor, we'll say. Okay. I will reach out with my foot <laughs> very gingerly and step on one of those tiles and run away. <laughs> <laughs> Would a coward do this? <laughs> <laughs> you gingerly reach out and you put some weight on that tile and uh, it nothing happens. Right. It, it feels very firm and in place. Whereas you would have, based on your earlier perceptions, expected it to give a little, perhaps like a pressure plate. Awesome. So, being a man of courage and action, I'll go farther down the hall. Alright. How farther down the hall would you like to go? I ask farther any not hall? loaded question at all. There's, if I remember right, there's four evenly spaced alcoves down this hallway. We will go to within five feet of the next alcove. Okay. You get to the next alcove, and you are now in front of that alcove. Look here very carefully all around it. That'll be another investigation check. 25. 25 is more than good enough to not find anything. There's nothing abnormal or unusual about the tiles or area around. All right. And you feel confident in that. Well, I will march ahead to the next alcove. All right. That'll be another check. 23. Same thing as last time. Everything seems safe and secure. Going on here. I'm going to march right past the next one. You march right past the next one and get to the end of the hallway, turn around, probably shrug your shoulders at the other guys, and nothing happens. Gentlemen, hey guys, are, I say in my mind, you can come down the hall. <laughs> um, walk down the hall. Walk down the hall. 
Happy holidays, VGAD fans. Thanks for coming back. I hope you're all traveling somewhere fun or relaxing somewhere fun or just in general having fun. So we've been struggling for some time now to get everything straightened out after we made a few modifications to the podcast back end stuff a while back. The most current issue is that episode popularity hasn't been showing up for quite some time. As I've been working through that with Apple, suddenly 60% of our reviews and ratings have also disappeared. Don't panic yet, friends. I've been working with Marilyn from Apple, who has been friendly, fantastic, and responsive so far. I'll keep you posted as the mystery progresses. If your review is one of the ones that disappeared, don't worry about it yet. Support should be able to resolve this, but I'll let you know. Well, the holiday season is well and truly upon us, and we're coming up on the new year. I am so happy to be celebrating it with all of you. Thanks again to all of you for listening and for everything you've done to support the show. Now let's get on back into it. You successfully walk down this hundred foot hallway and you reach another staircase which ascends to the next level. No spooky magic flames? No spooky flames, no other obstacles barring your path. So we're going, so that was the second floor, so we'll be in the third floor now? You will be ascending to the third floor. So do any of these checks that you're doing now, do they have to do with um, intelligence or wisdom or anything like that when it deals with investigation? And I think investigation is intelligence, if I recall. Well, yeah, it is. Um, once we get up there and analyze the scene about what we see, if it's the same kind of scenario, I want to do an enhance ability on your intelligence. All right. So we'll just go up. When we get up there and analyze the scene, maybe there's a different scenario, but just thinking about that now that we can do these things. Enhance. 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 Sector quadrant A, intelligence. Enhance. Zoom in on sector A6. Rotate by 10 degrees. You ascend to the next floor, and what you find in this floor is a variety of, mm, think like 1950s open floor plan office. Like it's just sort of rows of desks and like filing cabinets, and, and it's just, this is like a general working area, ledgers, paperwork, etc. And it's a pretty big open room. It's about 100 feet by 100 feet, as this entire tower is. You know, about 100 foot square, because, well, I'm lazy. Um, and at first you don't see it, but you notice them about the same time that they notice you. Floating around this room are four wraiths. And then I'll move you over to the map, where you can see them. Fortunately, it's not a very detailed map. You know, it's a dumb name. Wraith. Why? Like for people. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Or Rafe. Stupid name. I agree. That's a, like a person name or that's like a description? Rafe is a person name. Weird. Never heard that before. Not very common, but it's out there. Rake. That's also a pretty dumb person name. Or Shuffle. Raffy. Raffy? <laughs> Woofy. Isn't that a musician? I just don't trust So, looking around this room, seeing these rates. You guys are going to roll for initiative. They are not happy to see you. Oh, that's unfortunate. That Fuck good. them. Yeah. They don't know what they're missing. Oh, my God. We're off to a great start tonight, fellas. <laughs> Same. For goddamn delight. No way. I shit you not. Roscoe, what did you get on your initiative? 20. Ulvik. Uh, eight. Melvin. Three. There are four wraiths in this room. Wendy, Mario, Gina, and Pat. And they got, in descending order of the names that I just read, 19, 21, 20, and 14 for their initiative scores. That means Mario is the first to act. Mario, on Mario's turn, is going to move. Jesus! Yeah, these guys can move. I suppose they're flying, huh? They are flying, and they're able to just pass through shit. So, Kolvik... Shit to pass through isn't the room wide open? Uh, sorry, I was just kind of lazy in the way that I drew the map. There's, like, desks and office furniture and stuff like that. It's spaced out more than good enough that you guys can move freely throughout the room, so I wouldn't consider it an obstacle. It's also not large enough to give you guys any adequate cover for anything, really. 
if you wanted to say I duck behind a desk, you'll you can get half cover on parts of it, but these things can also move through objects. So a lot of justifications for how lazy I was in this map. Mm -hmm. uh, Kolvik Mario has moved right up in front of you and is going to, on its turn, it is going to do an attack called Life Drain. Uh, it's unfortunately rolling an 11, so we don't get to find out what that does just yet. I know 11 misses your AC, but yeah. well, let me just tell you, it's not gonna be great. Okay. That is that thing's turn, and Roscoe, it is over to you. All right. Uh, this thing is real close to my good buddy Kolvik here, so I'm gonna sneak attack it with my daggers. Sweet, sweet. I'm also gonna remind you of your assassinate ability. Do I have advantage? I thought it was just anything that hadn't moved yet. Oh, it hasn't taken a turn. Uh, so the one near Kolvik had taken a turn, yeah, to move. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't assassinate that one. So I just wanted to remind you of it just because I should do that more often. I should remember. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to try to uh, sneak attack this some bitch okay. with my daggers as soon as I get the red thing open here. So I rolled up 23 and a 20. Those are going to be two hits. Right. Um, Did you want to, you're going to move closer to it, by the way? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. You got to get within range. Alrighty. Go ahead and roll up some damage. 30 on the sneak attack damage, plus do the regular old, regular old damage. 12 on that one. And five on the offhand. Hot damn. That's quite a hit. 47 damage total. Uh, this wraith is definitely... Whoa. He's feeling it. Yeah. Sounds like you're doing this with a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh. And for our audience, wow. it was a stretched out motion into a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you make a butt out of a balloon. <laughs> uh, so that is going to be well into the bloodied territory for this wraith. The wraith that is Mario. Anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Up about 10 feet of your movement. I'm sorry, I should have described this for the listeners at home. There are four wraiths spaced out across this very large room, and uh, our team is grouped pretty tightly at the south center of the room. No, I don't see any advantage to moving about. Okay. Stick close to my buddy here. All right. Gina is up next. Gina, I don't think, is going to be able to make it all the way to you guys. Gina. Making copies. Actually, Gina can make it all the way up. Gina's going to get to the side of Roscoe here. And Gina is going to make her that. That's going to be a 16 against your AC. That'll be a miss. Uh, sorry, against Roscoe. Roscoe. That is, that's a hit. Ties me. All right, can I have you make, while I roll up this dice, can I have you make a... Constitution saving throw. 19. Alright, so 19 is a successful save. That means that the 26 necrotic damage that you're going to take on this attack is uh, doesn't have the other nasty effect, which I will explain now for those of you who aren't familiar with the life drain attack. The target must succeed on a DC 14 constitution saving throw or its hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the damage taken. This reduction lasts until the target finishes a long rest. And the target dies if this effect reduces its hit points maximum to zero. Uh, so you're going to take 26 damage, but it does not affect you in that way. Your maximum is still what it was. What if I were to dodge him? Uh, you can certainly do a dodge now as well. Alright. 13 damage. There you go. Yeah, this is a good point to remember our abilities and what we can do with things. Mm-hmm, because these 100%. things can fuck you up. That moves us down to Wendy's turn. Wendy is going to do that same attack to Kolvik. Uh, that's going to be a 13, which is a miss. A miss. And then finally over to Pat. And I'm just going to roll a quick dice here to see. That's going to go towards Roscoe. Roscoe, that's going to be a life drain to you, and uh, 14, I think, is a miss of your AC. It is. All right. Lucky you. And Kolvik, it's over to you. So with this 
sentinel that I have. When a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you, and they don't have this feat, you can make your reaction to make a melee attack on this creature. Could I do that on Wendy or Pat? I'd say Pat since that's who I realize. Um, Pat's not within five feet of you, right? Um, let me see where is where we're at here. No, because Pat's ten feet away from you, two squares. Okay, so I could have done it on Wendy though if I caught that. Wendy attacked you. Who just attacked Roscoe? Besides, was that? So the two that are the one that's like north of you and the one that's west of you attacked you. Okay, both of those. Okay, never mind. And but, then those other two attacked Roscoe. All right, in that instance though, if Roscoe was right by me and they did attack me, I could attack him if they attacked Roscoe. Correct. You could attack them if they attack Roscoe. Yes. Okay, I do. So you, one you of those things. Five feet looking at feet. Gotta remember. Mm-hmm. It's a nice one. Yeah. Would I know about Wraith before the... Do I know they're undead? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're ghosts. You okay, can, you, so I can tell. I think that you don't even need, like, a check or anything. It's pretty obvious. Especially given your skill set and background. All right. Well, I will go ahead and use my action here and do a destroy undead. Ooh. Yes. So is it a two or lower? Future <clears throat> rating. Man, that's a tough one, because it is not. Roll, roll me up a, um, roll me a religion check. Mm, I have not looked at religion. I have no clue what it is. Oh man, you'd think my religion would be higher, but it's zero. Nice. Yeah. Not a faithful man. Uh, 16. 16. 16 is enough. I'm going to say that you know that a wraith is a challenge rating higher than two. So depending on how that affects your actions. I'm gonna it, I'm gonna give you the mulligan, basically. You would know that that wouldn't be as effective as you want it to be. Okay, yeah. So it's one of those things I need to check before I even try these things. Yeah, because you- To see if I know about them. Your challenge rating that you can affect per, uh, per level, mm-hmm. like that's, it's, I feel like that's a thing you would know and like you wouldn't cast the spell knowing that it wouldn't be effective. Yeah. Damn it. I was super excited to use that. Sorry. That's okay. All right, on my turn, my true self gave to me. On the second turn of Kolvik. I'm going to go ahead and do a Guardian of Faith. Any creature host to you that moves the space within 10 feet of the Guardian for the first time must take a dexterity turn and 20 irradiant damage if it fails. And I'm actually going to do that right. Um... Right to the right of me, within like like five feet of me. I'm just gonna draw that little box there to indicate. What's your guardian? It's gonna be an expecto patronum. Expecto Steve. Steve. <laughs> and so Steve is actually gonna turn up like himself with his hands crossed, but except he's gonna have staghorns on him. Ooh, moving on up. Yeah, he has staghorns <laughs> now. Cool. What else would you like to do on your turn? Well, just gonna sit there and uh, guard myself. I I don't see the point. I don't. I really don't want to leave Roscoe's side because he gets some really cool benefits and everything like that. I know that from um, eating with him a bunch. So we stand there. Right on. Melvin is over to your turn. Uh, so what's the lighting situation in this room? Uh, there are some like, I'll just say like magical globes that are hanging from the ceiling, like light bulb looking sort of things do i see any windows around uh no there are no windows in this this or the remaining upper floors of the tower i'll just warn you in advance there are no windows no windows interesting okay uh i'm gonna try to cast confusion Ooh. on these guys and i don't know if they're gonna be susceptible or not but we're gonna give it a shot these guys are within you'd say a 10 foot sphere um, I would say there are the two on the right, kind of surrounded by Roscoe, and then the one to the left of Roscoe. Those, if you if you get a 10-foot radius, you could hit all three of those, but I don't think there's a way you could get all four. Are these blocks five? Both yeah. blocks? Or no, yeah, radius, right? Radius is the half from the center. So yes, you could get all four in a single casting, my bad. Then I'll have to cast this at a So I'll cast Confusion at a level four. Ooh, hot damn. Level four on confusion. So each creature in a 10-foot radius sphere centered on a point within range. 
Melvin crumples up three walnut shells, and they must make wisdom saving throws. Uh, your DC is 16 these days? Yeah. All right, so let's just do... 17, sorry. 17. So fancy. All right, that's one success, one failure. One success, one failure. So two of them, which is going to be Wendy and Pat, you, you have failed. The other two succeeded with a 22 and a 24. And uh, let's put... Let's put this little red dot on them so that I remember that. Wendy and Pat are now confused and must take their uh, random roll to determine what they do on their turns. Mario and Gina are had successfully saved. Anything else you'd like to do on your turn there, Mr. Melvin? That'll do it. That'll do, Pick. That'll do. Mario is going to take a swipe at Kolvik. These guys are rolling for crap. That is an eight, which is a big miss. Big miss. And we cut back over to Roscoe. Uh, I'm going to sneak attack again on the one immediately to my left. Is that Uh, That one is Mario. All right. Let's sneak attack Mario. The one that has been damaged. <laughs> 13 and 12. A 13 is a hit for your main weapon, and then a 12 is a miss. Ooh, got lucky pocket. there. That's not so great. So I got 13 for my regular damage, and four ones and two sixes. Oh, mm. 16 for my bonus damage. <laughs> Strikes and gutters, eh, dude? Mm-hmm. 29. 29 is definitely sufficient to kill Mario. Yeah, it's not One bad that 29 is a bad roll, though, yeah. of that I, damage. I only did 29 damage. Pretty good. Uh, and I will move uh, right next to Kolvik, actually. All right, so Pat, being confused, does not have reactions, and so cannot take an attack of opportunity against you, but Gina does, and Gina do. Thankfully, that is going to be a 9, so you were missed. Anything else on your turn? No, I'm good. All right. Gina's up. Gina's the one that's not confused. Gina is going to approach closer to Roscoe. That guardian of faith. Man, we debate this every time. The first time they enter the range. So yeah, that's not going to... They're not going to take an attack there. Why is that again? Uh, because they're the these creatures were already in range. Okay, so I that's what I was debating as well, because I thought we decided if they were in range and they moved further in. Did we decide that at some I, point? I can't remember. Me either. Let me, uh, let me look at the description one more time. Well, any guardian creature hostile to you that moves to a space within 10 feet of the guardian for the first time. Okay. Oh, moves to a space. Yeah. I thought it that's was to it. the range. Yeah. So yeah, that To would... a space within 10 feet of the guardian for the first time. So if they moved out of it, but it's moving closer since it just appeared. That's some weird language, but I'm just going to say that it moved It moved to that space for the first time. So it's going to work on a dexterity save. Uh, unfortunately, it does make its save with a 20. Damn. And let me just remember, it's basically damage or none, right? Uh, LaGuardian of Faith. Half as much damage on a successful one, so it's going to take 10 damage. So that is 10 damage to Gina. Guardian Vantage is when it has dealt a total of 60 damage, so that doesn't count for uh, nope. 20. It counts for 10. Yeah, so it's 50 left. Yeah, you want to track that? You got it. Thank you. All right, so with that then done, Gina is going to make an attack against Roscoe. Roscoe is a damn good thing. They didn't have an advantage. That is going to be 14, which misses your AC. Does indeed. And we skip on over to Wendy. Wendy is confused, <laughs> thanks to Melvin. And Melvin, I'm going to have you roll that 1d10 to determine Wendy's behavior. 1d. Wendy. Wendy. And we rolled a 1. 
creature uses all of its movement to move in a random direction. To determine the direction, roll a d8. Go ahead and do that, Melvin. And assign a direction to each die face. The creature doesn't take an action. So we'll say one is north and clockwise around from there. And we get a four. We get a four, which would be straight south. Into the wall. For Wendy. So Wendy's... Does she go right outside the building? Because she can move through walls. <laughs> uh, normally, that is what would happen, That's but awesome. there is a thing preventing that from happening that you guys don't really know about. Now we uh, do. Mm-hmm. Well, you notice hey, when why Wendy can't that like ghost go through that wall. Wendy tries to go through the wall and like smacks into it, all cartoon, like Wiley e. Coyote style, um, and that is the end of Wendy's turn plastered up against that south wall of the building. Uh, and then we do it all over again for Pat. Alright, Pat. Pat rolls all over the fucking place and he gets a four. With a four? The creature just doesn't move or take actions this turn. That's a badass spell, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's Pat just hanging out. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> I'm just gonna float. Floating now. Um, alright, so that ends the, the three wraiths turns. You know, and it's fucking, it's hilarious because combat is like this every single time. Like, the first damage roll comes out or whatever, and I'm like, oh, fuck, man, I killed him. I killed, I killed the very good adventuring team, and then two turns later, you guys are, like, not even bothered by it. <laughs> Kolvik, it's back over to you. Alright, feeling confident in our abilities, which I probably shouldn't be at this point. I am going to just... Um, go right a little bit, north right, north right, northeast, and uh, attack. Like north, right? Yeah, right, north, right, right. Um, attack. Who is that above Roscoe? Above Roscoe is Gina. Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and attack Gina and add a divine strike with that. Woot woot. Thirteen. 13 is a hit. Oh, wow. Right on the number. Why did I say that so weird? (laughs) (laughs) Catch on the meninge. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you now or I'll (laughs) see you you later. Another time. And then with that radiant damage along with that, it's going to be a total of 17. Totes of 17. Totes, totes my goats of seven, 17 damage. <laughs> uh, let me just take a look real quick. I just want to make sure that that isn't a thing for a thing. 17 damage is a nice, good, healthy score. And I'm sorry, you were attacking the one that's north of Roscoe, right? That's correct. That one is Gina. The only one that's not confused. That's a nice, solid hit. Not quite to bloodied, but... Mm-hmm. You did connect, and, and you, you know you made good progress. You should feel proud. Yeah, I, I feel proud about that. Did you want to do anything else on your turn? You've still got most of your movement left, etc. And that's not an opportunity attack or anything like that, right? Uh, opportunity attacks are only when you leave melee range, okay. so entering it does not affect that. Only when they... Okay. Yep, we are good. Perfect. There are some feats that allow you to attack, uh, like the Polearm Master one, I believe. You can attack people as they enter your range as a reaction, but that's neither here nor there, because it's Melvin's turn. Um, <clears throat> I haven't actually tried this weapon out yet, but I'm going to throw my uh, Clam Slammer Nice. at uh, who is this over here? Actually, I can't see that the Wendy. name now that it's so close to the edge there. Uh, that one is Wendy. Wendy? I'm going to throw my Clam Slammer at Wendy. Nice. And I don't really have a way to do that, so Oh, yeah. Um, So give me an attack roll, a d20, and then you're going to add four plus your proficiency, which is also four. Uh, So that would be uh, 23. 23 is definitely a hit, and then I believe we said it was... What did we say the damage was? It was like 2d20 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, why didn't I make an item for you? Was it really that much? No. Oh, damn. I think it was... 2d6 plus 4. I remember like a d6 or something. Yeah, I think 2d6 plus 4 is what that thing does. <laughs> That's awesome. It just pops up into your hand automatically and you fling this clam. It is a badass weapon, man. That would be a 10. Grand total of 10 damage to this thing. 
Um, Alright, so I just hit that wraith, so I'm just going to move up a little bit closer to Roscoe. And that's it for me. Alright. Returning to the top of the order, Roscoe, it is your turn again. Is this Wendy directly to the north of me? Directly to the north of you is Gina, the only one that is not confused. Alright. I'm going to sneak attack. Well, hold on. I don't think I am going to sneak. Yeah, I am going to sneak attack Gina. With my daggers. Uh, 13 and 11. 13 is a hit for your main hand. To 11 is a miss for your offhand. Well, once again, I get the sneak attack one anyway. Anywho. Alright, so 11 regular damage. 15 bonus damage. For a total of 26. That's a good darn score there. Not enough to kill, but good enough to do a lot of damage. Three ones that time. I'm rolling shitty with my sneak attack tonight. I think it's because I'm tired. You've rolled more ones than uh, Melvin here. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling ones like a hard meat. Gina, on Gina's turn, remains confused. Melvin, I'm going to need you to roll me up a decision-making D10. Gina's not confused. Pat and Wendy are. Oh, you are correct. Gina is going to... Two bottle of wine down. Nice. Doing better than me. I thought Gina was the one that was in the south end there, but I am wrong. Gina is going to attempt to hit... Let's split this evenly between the two of you. I think it's going to be... Yep, it's Roscoe. Gina is going to make that life drain attack at Roscoe. That's 22, so that is a successful hit this time. Mm -hmm. That's 24 necrotic damage for you, Roscoe, and your hit point maximum is reduced by that amount until you can take a long rest. With that, I'm also going to use my reaction and attack Gina back. Do it. All right. I'm going to go ahead and... There it is. 11. 11 is unfortunately a miss. All right. Now that it's over to Wendy, Wendy is going to do, or, well, Melvin is going to randomly decide what Wendy will do. Wendy will do a three. Doesn't move or take actions. Wendy sits still. And give me another one of those for Pat. Pat will do a nine. Nine. The creature can move and act normally. Pat is going to make an attack at Kolvik. Kolvik at 19 is a miss, right? That is a miss. How lucky for you. And you know what? You win. You win the grand prize of it being your turn again. Ooh, that's exciting. Isn't it? Yeah, very much so. But that also being said, very sad. So when somebody makes something like that, an necrotic attack, do the rest of the team know that he's been injured that much and his hit points are down that far? Because I know hit points, one of those things where you're not supposed to know what someone else has and kind of things like that. Well, so you may be able to tell just, I don't know, I'm just going to throw it out there because of your background and all the rest of it. You might have been able to tell that it's necrotic damage, but this is a very specific thing beyond it just being necrotic Uh that his hit point maximum is reduced so in a weird way technically roscoe is at full health right now he's at as he has as many hit points as he can get at 44 out of possible 44 hit points yeah that just sucks all right i'm gonna go ahead and do walk up to it a little bit more to the right this time and do some necrotic damage on this bad boy Episode 63, Stolen, was released on December 23rd, 2018. Happy holidays from all of us at... Vegan! 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team! (laughs) Why does my computer do this? I'm sure it's something very simple. Like, it split my... Rather than having all my tabs up here, it split them. Like on its own. Put them down here. I wonder if it's doing it based on like memory usage or something. I don't know much about 
Edge, but I know that this is fairly RAM intensive <coughs> for a browser. Mm. Use a real man's browser, Chrome. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see what was going to come out. That's good. Solid comeback. 